What is up? Welcome to the Roll Blob Podcast, presented by the Broken Anchor with Andy and Cap. You know me, I'm Cap. You know him, he's Andy. Andy, happy Thanksgiving. How are we doing? Happy belated Thanksgiving. We are late, but we are excited that we got to watch some college basketball. We finally get to talk about games, and mm-hmm. but don't worry, we didn't miss our period. We are here. We up today. You scared me when you said you were late. Uh, wouldn't be the first time. Andy, it's good to be talking about actual game action. And we got to be honest with you, we're Xavier fans. We're talking a lot of Xavier basketball tonight because it's Thanksgiving. We're indulging. Andy, just like we did with Thanksgiving, we indulged with the pumpkin pie, with the stuffing, with everything. So we're going to talk world of college basketball first. And then, Andy, we're just going to indulge. This is for the Xavier fans, which, which is what we are. Yeah, we'll, get a, we'll give you a little bit of salad with the around the world college basketball. Facts. Then we're diving right into those mashed potatoes and that pumpkin pie. <laughs> You're damn right. Andy, with nothing less, let's not waste any time. Let's fucking go. Andy, there were games played. What's your initial thought? I don't even know what to say right now. Erection. That's that's all I thought about was, you know, I got to get rid of this. Um, Absence be damned. No, but seriously, this is the greatest time of the year. We've been waiting for eight months to talk about real college basketball games, and now we finally get to. Forget Thanksgiving football. I don't care about the Lions and the – Dude, I barely watched any football. I was locked in on basketball. No question, dude. You had to be. How could you not? And it's such a good slate. Sorry, that was me cracking up a beer. Had to do it. <laughs> but, dude, it was so good. Number one, Drew Timmy went off. Our boy Sean would be high. He looked good. He looked really, really fucking good. good. Gonzaga well, looked good. Gonzaga's whole looked crazy yeah. good. They're probably the best team in the country right if now. If they're not your number one team, and yeah, you're fucking the only, only competition, competition for that right now is Villanova. They, the low-key, only... they low-key took it to Kansas, bro. Like, yikes. That, that, Did you that see Duke's scary. starting lineup? I saw Duke's starting lineup today. I was like, who the fuck are these guys? I don't know one player in the starting lineup, but I follow recruiting pretty close. Yeah, it's wild. Not going to lie. I didn't give a fuck about Duke. So <laughs> You were more like, uh, honed in on North Carolina versus uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, truly, I was. I mean, that game. Like, that was a great game. I, I was stressful. I was stressing out when we – That North Carolina quarterback's a dude. Dude, he's good. North Carolina's a good <laughs> team. Crazy. And they, crazy like, they're they well coached, too. Like, they, they he have, might be the number they, one pick next year. He's, they he's have a near legend. Mm-hmm. No question. But it was fantastic. That, we got our boy, Leia Pepe. Our boy, Kelly Leia Pepe from freaking. Shave sides, long-ass mullet. That's dude, what the world needs. The, guy, the world needs a guy like that. The quote our boy, Rob Bobby Reeks, the coolest motherfucker in America. Like, a cooler version of Kelly Olenek. Because <laughs> he's not cool. <laughs> he is certifiably not cool. The Big East, Andy, 15-1 and one per my last ranking. One, one loss. Uh, and that one loss was buddy. pretty like, – uh, Dude. I, I beg to differ. I mean, 
Xavier beat a consensus top 300 team. So put that on the resume. Just saying. We, we need some quad four wins. An all-inclusive tournament team. <laughs> An all-inclusive tournament. They are 100% chance to get into the roll blob bracket. No question. Definitely in. A lock, if you will. Uh, we'll talk about Xavier in a little bit, but Louisville Seton Hall was a fantastic game. Battle of the Baldies. We had our boy, we had our boy Willard. We had a boy Matt going at it. I, legit, Dude, I swear they should have like worn like Willard should have worn a red shirt and Max should have worn a blue shirt. You would have been able to tell them tell them apart. I wish I wish that Willard would have worn the pull, the Biggie's pullover. <laughs> that Max wore I would have been so confused. <laughs> it would have been awesome. Like Mac wore an ACC pullover. Willard wore a Biggie's pullover. No, but that, that was great, dude. But honestly, they should feel really good going into the Yum Center, losing by one. Honestly, you make the free throws, it goes to overtime. I would feel better about that than Xavier Slate, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, oh, for sure, because uh, like what Seton Hall shows, they showed the, the the ability to battle through adversity mm-hmm. against a good, tough opponent with top top notch recruits. Like, Mom is a dude. Mom, Mommy was going to be the guy this year, and I think mm-hmm. all Seton Hall fans knew it. Now, all of Big East, all Big East fans know. Like what's coming to us? We got—he's a guy that we got to be prepared for. So. It's things to figure out, but they—but they have a lot figured out. I mean, it's game one. Yeah, they're in good shape. Around the Big East, Andy. I mean, Nova played some tough teams. Obviously, had a tough time with Dawson College, down yeah. eight with you know in winning time going into the four minute. Nova had a tough time. Boston College. They were down eight going into the that last minute war. Andy, but they closed it out. Uh, they're two and zero oh, though. They bounced back. They've got a game tonight against Virginia Tech. Um, like, the Big East JRE soft. is going to be really, really good. That dude's a monster. But the Big East has looked very, very good so far. Uh, with a couple – I mean, Butler had some issues. Um, yeah, St. John struggled with uh, St. Pete's, but – St. Pete's, yeah. Uh, Providence struggled early, but then cleaned it up and really took it over. They won by 20. And, yeah, 100%. Uh, like, they, their offense looked really, really ugly at first. Um, and there was only one Big East school, Andy. Only one Big East school was told by Seth Davis their final four bound. And that's that's all I'm saying. Just saying. Dude, that Seth was Davis is 53 the, to 12 at one point. Wolf. A 20 to nothing run. I, I, just stop the count, Andy. Can we just stop the count right there? 53 to 12, stop the count. Let's just call it a season. Davis National Champs. Stop, stop. He's already dead. <laughs> He's already dead. That was a fun game, Andy. That in the first, like, two minutes of the Bradley game, if we could just, if I could just die right there. I, I would feel more than content. Uh, like really, after after Fremantle hit that first three on the first, <laughs> yeah. like, all right, dude, we are running me... these dudes off the fucking floor. Oh, Let's dude, go. Fremantle. We'll get into Xavier in just a little bit, a little bit more around the world of college basketball. And some big teams though did have some trouble. Virginia losing to San Francisco, sleeping giant San Francisco. By the way, <laughs> I think it's proof that the WCC has slept on. They are very, very slept on. But there are a lot of teams. I mean, Illinois went down to the wire with Ohio. That was one of my favorite games of the week. Uh, the just a Just a bunch of good dude. Our boy, one of the coolest stories in all of college basketball. He averaged less story. points in high school than I did. <laughs> He's essentially LeVar Ball in high school, bro. He did absolutely nothing. And then Andy, just like us, tweeted it into existence. Put his high school tapes on, on, on Twitter. Got a scholarship and, and dropped 31 on Illinois last night. You know what that tells me? I have hope. I still have a chance. You shouldn't have hope, Andy. I'm sorry. You should not have hope. And then, Andy, our boy Demir Bishops actually had played pretty well. I'm he, so happy he, for that kid. He looked good against Kansas. Uh, the, West, the Western Kentucky-West Virginia game was really fucking good. And then, Andy, my last thing that I have to call, talk about the world of college basketball was our boy Mickey C needing three OTs against Pepper Deasy. 
<laughs> uh, that how is that dude not on the hot seat? Like and J and JP tweeting about it. Did you say LA lost too? Yeah, they lost. They lost. I mean, San Diego State. That's not a bad loss. It went to. They did no, go to San Diego still. State, and and they did lose. But the thing is, they looked awful. They mustered up a total of fifty-eight points. Not a good loss. UCLA, and you're scoring fifty-eight points. You are not playing at UC anymore. They are not. Like, UCLA <sighs> is a big, sexy Hollywood brand. You are not playing in over the Rhine. I did listen to the press conference, though, Andy. Mick did complain about the defense. He did. Okay. And a 58-point <laughs> The defense is the problem, Andy. The defense needs to tighten up and hold them to 55. Hold a Division One college basketball team to 55. Right. Damn right. <laughs> West Coast, best goes. Hollywood basketball getting dirty. I was, I'm, I'm here for that. Like, in awesome. Los Angeles, we are playing in Compton. I would love to see that. Just them just getting hard-nosed, nasty, like 42 to 40, like UCLA versus Oregon. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> well, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. But, Andy, I say enough of this bullshit. Let's talk some Xavier basketball if you want to. That's what the people want. We are here to talk some Xavier basketball. I mean, if we're the people, then yes. <laughs> That's right. what people want. Real quick, before we get into Xavier basketball, so before we start going off – the rails just talking about what we love the most. Can we give a shout out to Paul Frischer? Mm-hmm. That dude Definitely was a workhorse this week. That was awesome. Absolute workhorse. He did like six games over the past three days. Did he really? Yeah. Um. So he did Wednesday. He did the what games Bradley, was he doing? Uh, Bradley Toledo game, and then he. I'm pretty sure to the NKU game because that voice sounded very familiar. Um. He was good, man. And then just getting caught. And obviously, he did the um, Bradley. I called up. Yeah. Um, the um, Oakland Toledo game after after our game against Bradley, and then got called from the minors to. Yep. Called the Xavier his alma mater against Toledo, the Xavier Invitational Championship game. What better spotlight <laughs> could you want? The first Xavier Invitational Championship game, Andy. Look, no like, bigger stage than that. No one has ever called a bigger game than that, than Paul. Nope, no one. And Dude, then, you know he had to be a kid in candy store the whole time. I mean, he, he's living the life. Like, getting to um, call the game of your alma mater, the school you love more than anything. That, that's he sounded game. really good, so too. He's, he's, one of the, he's honestly going to be one of the best. He's good. He's really good at what he does. He's a natural, for sure. And then he called the uh, – the Bradley Oakland game after our game, and then he called a high school football game late that hey, night. Dude's busy. Workhorse. In high demand, that Paul Freshner. Man's in high demand, but he was really, really good, bro. He was absolutely awesome, and that was, you know, I was really happy for him that he got to call that. But I bet, honestly, like most college basketball announcers, they're just stoked to be able to do anything right now. <laughs> you know what I, mean? right. I bet he was just stoked. But Andy. A huge slate of basketball. So Andy played. So Xavier played three games in three days. Andy did not. The first game, Andy, twelve o'clock. Xavier absolutely dismantled Oakland. We'll talk about that one first. Andy, what did you think about Xavier being Final Four bound? They honestly looked like one of the best teams in the country. That was the most. That was the smoothest offense I've seen since the one seed year. Now, obviously, it was against a very, very poor opponent, very subpar opponent who really got obliterated by everybody. But what I loved the most was the unselfish agendas. They 
moved the ball really well. The scoring was coming from all over. They were feeding the hot hand. Of course, when Kiki, when the microwave got hot, they Ooh. kept feeding him. And, but it wasn't like Kiki was forcing up. They, were, they weren't forcing it to one person. We weren't relying on one person to make the shots. We were going to Fremantle. We were going inside to Griffin. Deontay got some, got some great looks. Nate Johnson went hit for Everybody him. did something, Andy. Like, Everybody. My, my, the best thing about it was Paul Scruggs showed that he is going to be the facilitator we need him to be. He is not worried about being that senior leading scorer. He is worried about getting buckets from anywhere on the court. No matter whose, whose hands it's in, he is worried about getting the best guy the best shot. Loved what I saw. Yeah, from- yeah no doubt, man. I absolutely loved it. Five guys finished in double figures, Andy. Just, but this was just a dominant effort. And then we knew that Oakland wasn't good. But we've seen Xavier at, in the past, these last couple of years, struggle with teams that are around the same level. Of well, I remember last year um, thinking I was, I was at the Missouri State game where we are miles ahead of this team. And last here year, we are needing a Paul Scruggs bucket at the very end, much like we were against Bradley. But uh, I, I was solid, thinking, during the Oakland game, I remember, I remember thinking back to that game and thinking – wow, we are just miles better than where we were last year. Oh, my God. Confirmed, Andy, that Greg Campy did not need us guy left. Confirmed. That was a great tweet, though. From Campy. Great fucking fantastic tweet. Some I don't know what you said, dude. I hear shuffling and I hear mumbling. That is fine. Can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me? Yes. Good. Greg Campy did not eat enough skyline confirmed. No, he did not. Honestly, that was the best introduction to a video I've ever seen. Cool shit. Like, Dude, they just got their doors blown off. And I know they're not shooting, but I did see a lot that I thought would transfer pretty much to any game. And that is just absolutely Kiki Candy not giving a fuck about a test, about being 30 feet out. He didn't give a shit, Andy. That dude's an absolute monster putting the ball in the basket. He didn't get, like he doesn't care about his role. He he accepted the fact that he's going to come off the bench and just light it the fuck up, and that's exactly what he did. He didn't care about not having his name called in the starting lineup. He just went out there and scored from all over the floor. That's exactly what we need him to do. I love what I saw from Kiki. No question. I need to see him play some defense, Andy, because that was one of my number one takeaways this entire three game stretch. We need Kiki on the floor. We, we do need him on the floor. It, like we did see. A little bit of some good defensive plays, but I do. He does look like he might be a bit of a, li- a liability on defense. But when we need some offense, he's our guy. This needs to be a little more attention, but that, that can be fixed, Andy. Uh, there's it's certain things that develop over the year. Yeah, I mean, we seem to be a little more attentive. And, and Andy, speaking of attentive, Nate Johnson is always tuned in to every single play. I love the way he plays. But I think we pretty much covered Oakland for the most part. We pretty much just kicked their doors off. Everyone looks good. We were throwing the ball in the ocean. Nate Johnson had 17 points. Juan Odom was fantastic in transition, getting tons of steals. Uh, he everyone shot the hell out of the ball. Yeah, right. everyone shot the hell out of the ball. Zach Fremantle was dominant. N- nothing really to say much. That was a, se- a 270 Ken Palm team. So let's get into Andy when reality kind of hit us in the face here. And we faced a-, a decent Bradley team who coming into that game was about 115 in Ken Palm. And we had a dog fight on our hands. We did. We had to scrap for everything in that game. I have so much respect for that Bradley team. Yeah, no doubt. And Fremantle like, started the game off with a breach. He pulled nine of our first ten points. I was like, okay, we're going to get an absolute total But then it became an absolute struggle. Um, and we started what are you doing? Me? 
I hear shuffling. That's all I hear. I can't hear the words you're saying. Can you hear me now? And like, just what are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking and eating pasta, Andy. It's delicious. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. All right, great. Let's go. Okay. I I'll can also hear shuffling. Pasta. Right now? Yes. I'm not doing anything right now, Andy. But anyway, back back to the topic, Andy. Uh, so we started to see a team, Andy, that was just not content with looking for a good shot. And we just started jacking up stuff within the first 10 seconds of the shot clock. Uh, which for me, Andy, I don't care if it's Keaton Candy, honestly. He's the only player, though, that I'm cool with uh, shooting off jump, honestly. Like, Nate Johnson was shooting air balls within the first five seconds of the shot clock. We heard Paul Scott was jacking up bullshit. Uh, and it was, a, it was a struggle on offense. And once I saw Nate Johnson take that pull-up three with about 28 seconds on the shot clock, I know that's not really possible when you bring the ball up the floor, but it seemed like it um, – that's when I was like, all right, we're pressing. We're making some bad decisions. We need – that's when I thought we needed a timeout. And to, and for, yeah. I think for um, a long time, we just weren't working with anything. We're just taking the very first shot we can get, which just is not good offense. No, it, it really looked like a, an offense we tried to run last year, just taking whatever shot we felt was somewhat kind of open when there were other guys open. It – just looked like it looks like we got into our heads thought we can make everything based on the Oakland game. Yeah, no uh, question. We started off hot. I mean, I think we started off like twelve to two, twelve to four, uh, and then reality really hit us in the face. Um, but anyway, it, it came down to a, uh, a very close call. Uh, Dwan Odom, we were up, we were up one with about thirty seconds left, and uh, Dwan Odom had a fast break and tried to take a kid off the bounce. Um, ended up taking it kind of soft. It kind of looked like he faded away a little bit, missed it at the rim. Oakland got the ball, drank, kid drains a crazy shot. Um, that was a really good shot. Crazy, crazy shot. And then it's up to us that Juan Odom redeems himself. Uh, he had a crease, took it. It was a tough finish. And honestly, Andy, when looked at that replay, I don't know how that that ball went in. But it looked like it was three quarters off the rim. It was on the rim for, I'm not even joking, four or five seconds. It really didn't look like it was supposed to go in. But Juan Odom dropped it, ball game, and we came out with the steal. And- and I was so proud of Dwan Odom because, I mean, freshmen are going to make mistakes. We know that. That's, it happens every, with every team who has freshmen start. I didn't feel bad about, it, about him taking it. He had balled the three-point line, and I know that we had all the time in the world, but I felt like that was an easy bucket, honestly. Like, it, it was just a weird take from him. I, I didn't expect him to take it that soft, uh, but he redeemed himself. See, I, I disagree with the fact that I, I do think it was a mistake taking it in. Um, I, the, I was in pretty paper. good position to defend. Right. I think in that situation, you take the layup if it's wide open. You have to know your yeah. – he's, he's just such a good finisher. I was like, he's going to get this kid. And like, he proved it. Like, he proved that he can make those uh, types of – types of fin- like, types He of- had a fantastic start to the season. He's had an absolutely fantastic start to the season. My um, favorite stat from him is the fact that he has twice as many blocks as turnovers. Yeah, it's pretty fucking good. 14 assists, two turnovers from the freshman. Uh, he's the only true point guard on the roster, in my opinion. And yeah, I think like, we absolutely get him on the floor. He's, he's our starting point guard. Yeah, he's it, already starting point guard. He's been absolutely incredible. He's been great. And he's been really, really good defensively, too. And he's as impressive on defense as his own offense, in my opinion. I've, I've not seen a six-foot guy – Rise that high in the Centaur Center in a long He doesn't play like he's six feet. He plays like he's six, three, six, four. Uh, but Andy, that was the Bradley game. The boys stuck away with a win. It was brutal, though. I mean, I, you didn't feel good after that game. After the Oakland game, you know, we set the world on fire. You felt great. After the Bradley game, I was like, oh, man. I will, say, we, I will say I did feel good, though. Because, you know, a win's a win's a win's a win's a win's. Um, 
and we battled through adversity. We wanted, we wanted to see the way we responded to adversity when things are not going our way because they weren't going our way at all. We weren't hitting those tough shots that Bradley was. Uh, Bradley was making everything difficult. That we didn't, Nothing came clean. We did not get any clean looks. Every pass had a, had a fingertip to it. Every time our bigs got the ball down low, there were two hands swarming around. They played incredible defense, and they played incredible team defense. So literally nothing was easy. So also, we battled Kiki through Tandy that. The they completely eliminated Kiki Tandy. For whatever reason, he was in Coach Steele's doghouse, didn't play the last 10 minutes or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. In the second half, he's your best scorer, hands down. Well, uh, the, the reason that uh, – like Travis Steele said that he wasn't – like Travis Steele wasn't happy with his effort and his intensity and yeah. his effort on the defensive end. Like, even if you're not a great defender, you still have to put it in the effort. So that's what Travis Steele talked to him about, and he bounced back in the Toledo game and yeah, showed did. exactly why we need him on the floor. So I'm it is super tough. Happy. Three games in three days all at noon, which is a weird time. It's definitely weird. I think it leads for, for weird variables and just weird crap to happen, and that's what happened. Um, so, Andy, we, we won the Bradley game going, you know, in a very tough fashion. I didn't feel great about that, Andy, to be real with you. I mean, we just set the world on fire with Oakland. That was on the top of the world. And we're in a freaking slugfest with fucking Bradley, who in, in reality, Andy, if we play our game, we should be by 15 to 20. Just calling it what it is. Bradley's not that they, Bradley's good, but Bradley's not that good. I think they were like 120 in Ken Palm. I mean, obviously not – I know. Not an at-large tournament team, but they're probably going to be in the tournament. Uh, so, like they, they're, they're they were a team that we were told we need to look out for, and they they showed that. So I think it was more an attest to not really us playing poorly. We were still getting pretty good shots. Like we weren't outside of those four that four minute span. We weren't really forcing stuff that wasn't there. So I was kind of I was happy with the the fact that we were still trying to move the ball. The issue was Bradley was getting to our passes. They were tipping just about everything, so we couldn't move the ball with flu- like with fluidity. We didn't really have a good flow to the offense because it kept getting interrupted. We were still looking to make the par- the passes and, and move the ball. They were just making it very difficult on us, and that's why we were only able to muster up 51 points. Yeah, for sure. But it was rough, and it didn't look anything like the offense we saw the game prior. But um, good teams but- win pretty, good teams win ugly. Yeah, that's fair. Um, good, great teams also cover, Andy. Uh, <laughs> moving on to the last game of the Toledo game, Andy. Uh, kind of came in after the Bradley game. Should have been really, really hungry. Uh, but, again, it was another, it was another slugfest. Uh, I thought the offense did look a lot better, though. I thought, I thought we were getting better shots. Uh, they weren't dropping in the beginning. Um, but Kiki Tandy had a huge bounce back game. He, he really did. I mean, he came back and had a career high, uh, 24 points. And we really, really needed it. We needed him to get hot and start – making it from the outside and stretching the floor because we weren't hitting anything out. Like, he was the only one hitting anything from out there. Fremantle was completely taken out of the game. Completely. His head was not in it at all once he got those I, I, those, those calls were fucking dumb. I mean, they were. But you could see it in, in those threes he was taking in the second half. After his second technical foul when he got that B-Tech, he was out of it. He was completely yeah. gone. Like, he, he took those, th- those two threes with zero confidence. And that's not. Yeah, him. I was working. I was working that game, and, I, and, I, and I've yet to rewatch it. But yeah, absolutely. But I did see the two texts, and they were both fucking dumb. Yeah, I mean the slap in the backboard—that's automatic. But it's just stupid. Um, I feel like he would have been able to brush it off if they didn't give him that stupid one 
at the 10 minute mark of the first half. That was a dumbass technical. That was stupid as shit. Uh, but Andy, they, they did they did end up uh, hanging on, and uh, and Scruggs was the closer down the stretch. And I, I feel like that's going to be his role because he is a guy that uh, he gets he can get to the basket any like in the creative ways. Right. He has that he has that turnaround fadeaway that is just beautiful. Unguardable. And as soon as I saw him set up for that, I'm like, all right, we won. Right. That's it. That's going in. He's dude. He had a couple just absolutely beautiful ones on the elbow where he would like have a, he had that one spin. I remember we were, we were shooting on the left-hand side and he had that spin and step back and just cooked that dude. Uh, he also had that one where he had like the stumble with the elbow towards the, the front of the camera and then ended up just, you know, looking around, had no one guarding him and, and drained it. Uh, but I think that's absolutely what you saw. And I think he started to see like, Hey, this is my team. I need to be one step up and, and take charge here. Um, but he and Kiki were the closers there in that game. We we definitely got it to the, to our experienced ones, and when I mean it's obvious. I think it's obvious. Fremantle is our go to guy. Uh, he's the guy that uh, is uh, on offense. Yeah, he's 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 our he's our big man. He's our he's our um, he's our go to guy. I think he's our best all around offensive player. But we don't need him to be the guy every game. We have these other guys that are gonna that can step up when he's not having a good day. Yeah, I like the ball going through Scruggs when, when the matter when the when the time calls for it. Especially ball needs to be in his hands, game. whether it's scoring or facilitating. Especially the last like ten minutes of a close game, I, I want the ball going through Scruggs' hands. Like I, I think Kiki's your best perimeter score without question. Um, I think he's your most explosive score on the team. But I want the ball going through Scruggs' hands. You can just tell he has the composure. You kind of heard the, the sound bite from from Steele, just saying he's the he's the calming presence and he's the one that's like, hey, it's winning time is what we do. Um, so I, I think he needs to have the ball in his hands, and I think he showed that when he kind of uh, took control of the game. Absolutely. And whether like when we're in the final seconds, and we're at the t- we're at the top of the key, the ball needs to be in Paul Scruggs' hands. Whether it's to attra- draw the defense and uh, kick it out or score himself, he's going to get it done. He I think he proved that we we had Paul Scruggs takeover time, and it was completely different than Najee takeover time, but it was just as effective. And I I really liked what I saw because he was not shooting the ball well at all in the first half and really the first part of the second half. Um, he really didn't start – he didn't shoot the ball really well to start the season at all, honestly. No, he's leaving a lot of stuff short, but he's not letting it bother him. He's from three. Afraid. I mean, he's shooting okay from midi, but his three-point does not look great to start the season. I think he's going to be fine. If there was one player that I'm cool with starting the ball shooting not great, not that great, it would be Paul Scruggs. It's Paul Scruggs, the guy that's about 20 points away from 1,000. I think he'll be okay. He'll, he'll be fine. So, Andy, here are my top six takeaways real quick to start the season. Number one, Odom's good at sports. Holy <laughs> shit. Can confirm. Did he, did he come out the gate strong? I mean, he's just a very, very solid player. He looks extremely mature. 14 assists and two turnovers for a freshman is incredible. And he's the only point guard on the roster, in my opinion. The only true point guard, absolutely. Like, I mean, Some of those. Paul can run it uh, when he needs a break, but I don't think he needs many breaks. No, him in transition, him with the ball in his hands, the way he sees the floor. I think he's absolutely awesome. Just don't want to shoot threes. Uh, number two. He's awful. No, do not shoot three balls. That's horrible. No, number two, Andy, we need Kiki. He is the most explosive scorer on this roster, Andy. When he gets it going, he's absolutely unstoppable. That's why I love him in that, in that six-man role. It's, it's amazing to have an elite scorer coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that that role. I think Trav, I give Travis a lot of credit because all year have said that Kiki was the starting point guard, but Travis Steele saw something Dwan Odom, and he was absolutely right, and saw you know that fits Kiki's role, and, and the way he plays 
so much better to come off the bench when the defense is a little bit tired already. He's explosive. He can stop on a dime. He can he can pull up from anywhere on the court. That's the perfect role for him. And Travis noticed that, and he was proven right within three games. It yeah, looks, I think Keegan needs to be on the floor, man. Like when when the game's important, Keegan needs to be on the floor. I mean, because it's just a different team with him with him when he especially when he's shooting the ball well. It's a different it's a different team. Yeah, I think that's uh, – I've been saying it all year. It's not about who starts the game. It's about who finishes the game. I think Kiki's going to be in the finishing crew. He needs to be. He absolutely has to be. I'm interested to see what a group of, like, Dwan, Paul, Kiki, maybe put Paul at the three, maybe a Colby Jones or Jason Carter at the four, and then Fremantle at the five. I'm interested to see what that looks like. I, I think that would be an interesting roster. Wait, I'm sorry, say it again? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens if, like, they put Kiki at the two, Paul at the three. And then maybe one of Carter or or, uh, or Jones at the four, and then Fremantle at five. I, I think that would be an interesting lineup uh, for the okay. team. Um, because yeah, Kiki's just not he's a liability on defense, and it's not down to ability, which is frustrating. It's down to, to effort. Um, but if he's your worst defender on the on the team on the floor, I think that's okay. You're, you're in a good uh, but spot. We, but we need him, and, and when he's dude, he's a star. That kid is an absolute star. Uh, we just need it to shine. You know what I mean? Like as long as he's playing his ball, this is a different roster. Different team. Uh, my I third think he has team. a good mentality about it. Yeah, me too. It's just about effort and attentiveness, Andy, which, which are easily fixed issues. Uh, so that's the part that's frustrating to me. Uh, but, but I'm hoping we see that continue over this course of the season as a sophomore. Uh, three, Andy. Fremantle's in another stratosphere this season. Dude, um, whole, whole different player. I had, I had people that are not Xavier fans and not even Big East fans telling me that. Mm-hmm. Like, he looks miles ahead of last year. The way he was good last shooting, year. He's shooting the fucking cover off the ball right now. I, uh, I, I think he missed his first three in that Bradley game in like this in the second half. His mid range jumper is fucking ridiculous. I mean, his three ball is great. His mid range is like almost automatic. We have a three level level score at the five. I know he's a monster. Yeah, he, he's an absolute monster. I feel like with him, Kiki or, or Scruggs, you're at least going to have one guy that's just putting the ball in the bucket uh, whenever they want to. So he's just another in another level. I think he might be your best player. And I completely need agree with that. We yeah, need, need him, him on the floor, floor though. You need him on the floor. He still has some maturing to do, uh, but he's tough as nails, man, and he's an absolute monster. I uh, we love just need him locked in. Just need him locked in. I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, my fourth take, Andy, Paul equals closer. And yes. I think you saw that when, when it when when times got tough and there was trials and it was and it got bumpy, you could tell Paul was like, "Okay, give me the ball, I'll take over, and we'll make this thing happen." And he just absolutely went went into killer mode. And that, that was one thing. Like there there were moments where, like he's getting on the floor, he is uh, diving diving after loose balls going out of bounds. He is so composed with the ball. He's not fighting to get. He's not even when he drives. He's not fighting to get fouls. He's fighting to get to that basket. So yep. like, there, there were times where he got tripped up a little bit. He kept composure with the ball and either made a nice pass or took a nice shot. I absolutely love his calming presence on the floor. Everybody's a lot more comfortable when he's around because he knows – everybody knows that Paul is going to give everything that he has and he's got their back. Yep. I mean, Paul out yeah. there is essential. No question. It's a different vibe this year, anyway, especially him as a senior. I think he just operates differently, and it's not a shot to anybody in the past, but he, he's not a selfish player. He, he wants to no. win ball games, and he's going to do whatever it takes to win ball games. And I think it clearly shows that Scruggs has awareness that, hey, Kiki's a better scorer than I am. So if he can get the ball to Kiki open in the shooting pocket, he's going to do that for a three ball, you know? Uh, and I think it's, it's not just like let me get tunnel vision and let me put the ball in the hole. 
uh, because I'm a senior. You know what I mean? That's not what's going on. So I, I really respect the way he's going about it. I'd like to see him be a little bit more aggressive and put, you know, put the ball in his own hands a little bit more at times. But I, I love the way that he started the season. He's just not shooting the three ball well. But um, I know that that'll, that'll even out. Uh, last, year he was our, last year he was our um, most consistent shooter. I mean, uh, right. Kiki is our best shooter, but he was our most consistent shooter. Right. Kiki was and, a freshman and played that second half of the season. Yeah. But this year he's probably our fourth or fifth, which if Paul is right. your fourth or fifth shooter, you are you're in doing, a great position. You're doing all right. My fifth one, Andy, I really like the transfers. Nate Johnson I, and Brian Griffin. I, Nate Johnson, I, I, he's been my guy this entire time. Loved what I saw from him. Uh, like even, even when he's not shooting, shooting the ball well, he is mm-hmm. everywhere on the defensive end. I know. We've been saying this Driving all day. Balls. Julian and I have been saying this all day. He's everywhere. Super attentive. He's always poking the ball loose. He, he's always in a play. He's, he's getting like – he's getting smart fouls called on where he's, you know, they're calling over the back call because he had a really good box out. Uh, he's doing a lot of things that don't show up on, on the box score. And I love that out of a senior, especially out of out of one that's I mean known for scoring. He's, we knew him for his offense. Mm-hmm. He has shown shown it on the defense. And he shot pretty damn well. I mean, I mean, I think he's going to be a guy on offense that comes and goes. Rick kind of said this. He might be like a guy that scores like a seventeen points and then you know maybe hits one or two shots the next game. Uh, but I, but I like his offense. And he's a guy when he gets an open three, you feel pretty good. You know, right. it's definitely not like a Kyle Castlin type of vibe. And I love Kyle Castlin. He's a different player. Uh, but Nate Johnson's a basketball player, man. Like, he's good. Nate Johnson's good. He's a good all-around player. And I think and especially, he's proved that he's, that he's more than just a shooter. Yeah, no question. And I think that especially on a roster where Kobe Jones was slated to start over him by, you know, by a comfortable margin, you know, if Kobe Jones is supposed to be starting over him, you feel pretty fucking good about that wing. I'm, great about, I'm feeling great about Kobe Jones right now. And then Brian Griffin can fucking play. Brian Griffin's been very, very impressive. Way better than I expected. Because I, I was really going into this season, I was thinking, what is Brian Griffin's role? I had no fucking idea. Oh, he can he can really score around the basket. Oh, he rebounds like a motherfucker. Like <laughs> I've heard great value Tyreek Jones. I think that's really funny and kind of true. Wait, you say the, the great, great value, value, the great value version of Tyreek Jones. Honestly, I'm cool with that. Shout out, out of a D two transfer. Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, some of his dunks are big boy plays. I mean, that first dunk he had to start the season off against Oakland was a big boy play. He had a dunk yesterday. We just jammed on some dude, baptized him. That's a big boy play. He adopted someone yesterday. No question. He he needs to go sign those papers right now. Absolute baptism for sure. He's he's limited on defense, and and Rick said that, and I think I agree with that. Uh, But he's the best rebounder on the team, which is what you need, because that's Fremantle, if he has any weaknesses, rebounding. Uh, and I think he does exactly what you need. He finishes around the rim, uh, and he's a fantastic rebounder. He's just an impressive player. He's very, very strong, too. Um, so I thought the, the transfers really stuck out. Uh, and then six, Andy, my last takeaway, I don't really know that much. <laughs> I mean, what can, you, what can you really draw from three noon games back-to-back-to-back? To back to back? Um, one where you look like you could have beat anyone in the country, and then two where it's just like it was kind of a dead roster um, without two, of their, two players that are, are expecting to play a role and then, you know, back-to-back-to-back games. So I don't know if there's a ton you can draw from it. I think the team did get better. I think especially just the shot in the pants to Kiki of, hey, I got to play a little bit of defense and stay on the floor. Uh, and it's just interesting, man, because you're not very far away. Two more games, and then from there on out, it's high majors. So you got two more games. You got Eastern Kentucky, you got Tennessee Tech, and then it's UC, Oklahoma, 20 Big East games. Uh, so not much time left, Andy, before you got to play the big ones. 
No, but the, luckily that is the case for uh, everybody. Now, the, a lot of uh, a lot of other teams in the conference are going to have a lot more tests than we are, so they will be a little more battle tested, which is where we got to figure this stuff uh, out now. Like, especially if we don't get a chance to play Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we end up will be playing that game, but like you said, I mean, I, I we've said this before. You'd be stupid to think you're there's no chance your team's going to get games canceled. I I bet the over under on games canceled this year is four and a half. You know what I mean? Like we're going to get a few canceled. It, and it's just the way it's going to at, at least come down. So we may have yeah, to play it, another three games in a week. Right. We'll see what happens. You're looking at what Steve Hall's doing right now. I mean, they had to drop a game and now they're playing, you know, uh, the fighting vampires and, and Rick Pitino. Uh, so you'll, you'll see what happens, but you feel pretty good. I think we've gotten a lot better. And it's just in obviously the first date you're eyeing Andy's that cross down shootout. And it, I think it's super weird for the, for the Bearcats to be playing one game against Lipscomb before the shootout. We'll have already played five games going into the shootout. No, one game against Lipscomb. Uh, I think so that's it, an advantage it, us. Huge um, advantage us. I think that's a stupid decision on their part, but we'll see, you know. I do think it's it's never good when um, the Crosstown shootout is your first tough game. We saw no. how unprepared UC was back in 2017 and 2018 when Trayvon Blewett, J.P. McCure, Kaiser yeah. Gates, Enos Cannon. Blew their off. Right. Um, just completely torched them. They were completely unprepared. Right. Uh, but this year, that'll be, that'll be the case for both teams, and we'll just have five extra games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just think it's a it's not a smart scheduling move, but um, but that's for their that's their business. Uh, I don't know why they did that, but that's their business. Um, but I'm hoping we take the shit out of them. But I feel Probably good, Andy. A bunch of teams very shitty offers and try to get them to take them. That might be possible. <laughs> that might be possible. We we saw them air their dirty laundry before. Um, but Andy, we're three and zero. You can't beat three and zero. No matter how you got there, I, I think there's a lot of reason to be concerned. A lot of reason to be excited. But I did think you saw a lot of ceiling out of this team and a lot of capability. Ceiling rose. That that is one thing we can take from this from this first three games. The ceiling did rise. Now whether the floor lowered, we're not very sure yet. But the ceiling did rise. I the think ceiling is the roof. Now, uh, like Seth Davis calling us a Final Four team, that's a bit of a quick trigger. But you know, I'm here we for did it. Look really good. We did look really good that day. So like we know what we're capable of. Um, it was so, Oakland, and I mean, Oakland got their doors blown off by everybody in the Xavier Invitational. They did, uh, but we like this team. Like the team last year wouldn't be hitting those open shots. No, that, that's I, that's I what I'm positive yeah. about. We have the guys that can hit shots, and like Adam Baum told us when we interviewed him, was this offense is reliant on being able to hit shots, and we have guys that are able to. As do most that. are, and we are going to gain two more because we didn't have Colby and CJ, who are two good shot makers. Basketball is about putting the ball in the basket confirmed. Wow. That hashtag man, analysis. Maybe you should coach my team. Maybe. I mean, I just I love the make shots offense. I don't know why more coaches don't run it. And, uh, I just think that it's <coughs> Mick. <laughs> right. He's not a big fan of the make shots offense. But Andy, it, it's just fun to have basketball. I'm just gonna take it, you know, I'm just gonna be stoked as long as we have it. I don't know how long the season's gonna last. I don't know what we have in store. Um, but I don't think you can take a single game for granted and it's been an absolute blast. I'm not going to lie to you. I was fucking pissed at certain times, but that's part of college basketball. That, that's I mean, of the, when Odom is out late and they bring that three, I was about to throw my TV through or throw my phone through the, through the TV, Andy. Um, but we're three and up. But we're three and up. And you can't, can't be undefeated. Up. Can't be undefeated. If but we it, win every game from now on by one point, you know what they call us? Champs. National champions. Champs. And Xavier Invitational champions. 
<laughs> well, no one else can claim that, Andy. But it was an absolute blast, man. It was just fun to watch hoops. I mean, we pretty much had basketball on 24-7-365, no matter what game it was. It was like the first day of the NCAA tournament. It really was. I think I'm going to watch more, like, college basketball from every conference than I do ever. <laughs> I, not only because we can, but because we have to for our sanity. It's an, it's an obligation. <laughs> but it, it was awesome. I, I think Xavier looks good. I, I think there was there was points to be concerned about, but it's a young team, and then there's so much more season left. But, Andy, good to talk hoops, as always. Always. One guy I do want to mention that we did not talk about once, but and that's a sin, in my opinion, is Jason Carter. Oh, he yeah, yeah. did the dirty work. I think he may have Super scored valuable. maybe eight points the entire week, but – the dude had 11 rebounds against Bradley. We don't win that game without Jason Carter. No way. And one no thing way. we wanted to see from him was we needed him to be tougher and more confident. We definitely saw the toughness because he came out ready to battle. He makes winning plays, man. That's, that's exactly what we need him to do. He is the dirty guy. I think he's the confirmed dirty guy in the starting lineup. Jason Carter is a dirty man confirmed. He does I just, just want make... to give him a bit, a, a little shout out. No. We don't talk about him enough. That was absolutely correct, Andy. And I don't love him shooting the ball. I don't, I don't love the ball in his hands always. I'm but cool with damn, it, but for short spurts. I would just rather someone else take the shot, man. Like I would just He's rather open, Kiki, he can take it. I would just rather Kiki Tandy just take an open three. Honestly, I, I would rather have a Kiki Tandy heat check. But at the same time, Andy, dude plays hell out of some defense. Great rebounder, and he just always like. You can just tell the wheels are turning. He's doing the best he possibly can. He's making good decisions. Um, but you're right. He was very, very valuable. Very valuable. And I think that was a more than fair shout-out. But it was fun, man. I mean, it was fun just getting stupid shit in my mentions and just, you know, basketball feels back. Uh, Xavier calling stupid Friar today a, a clown. Uh, it, 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 was, it was a fun couple of days, man. And and it we got our right first taste of Big East Twitter, like, during the season. Like, I, how everybody I know, acts during the game. It's gonna, dude, come Big East play, bro, it's going to be fucking insane, man. And I learned, I learned that I'm not going to be adding teams, like, adding accounts when their teams are losing. Because, bro, when I was getting, like, five ats every second when we were about to lose to Bradley, it felt like I was fucking pissed. I, was, I would have been so annoyed. It was not fun, dude. Like, even when, like, that. UConn Big East, like, gave us that little – tiny jab in the beginning uh, yeah. of the team that, or whatever. I normally like, don't do that. But that's now a golden rule. Like, I'm not going to, like, be adding someone when their team is losing in a big game because it fucking sucks. Not cool. Especially when it's just a bunch of douchebags. If, if it's, like, it's one thing if you're a friend, you know what I mean, and you're, like, making a joke out of it or whatever. But it's just a bunch of assholes, like those Butler and Providence fucking clowns. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my face, dude. I don't want to hear it. Like, and normally I can fucking take it. You know what I mean? Whatever. But, like, during the heat of the moment, like, get the fuck off my fucking timeline. Right, like, we're emotional people. We're, we're emotional fans. We have a very big emotional connection to these games. Just let us, let us cool off a bit. <laughs> fuck off. Before we say something we don't mean, but we mean in the moment. <laughs> or what I do mean, I just don't want to say. <laughs> don't have, I can't say it online. All right. Uh, but it was ever. fun, man. It, it, it was really, really fun, bro. Like, I had an absolute blast. I can't wait to get back at it. Mm-hmm. I feel fat as shit. I need to work out. It's bad, but I don't even care. I'm fucking indulging right now. We Living the it. fucking life. Hey, but we're back at best. it on Monday. We are, man. So we'll get back at it. We had to give you guys a little bit of a filler, especially as far as Avery fans, which is what we are. Uh, 
Andy, like, we're not even sorry. This is us indulging. This is essentially our Thanksgiving, but in podcast version. Uh, <laughs> not giving a fuck. That's, that's Thanksgiving. It's like, fuck my diet. Fuck my six-pack. I'm going to eat whatever the fuck I want. That's what we're doing right now, Andy. We're going to talk about what the fuck we want because we're drunk and it's Thanksgiving or we're about to go hang out with our families. And, uh, yeah, we talked about the basketball because we fucking wanted to. I just ate a full-ass meal. I really don't know how to feel or what to say. So I'm just kind of like sitting there digesting and I have, yeah. I have to unbutton my pants. Yep. And just like Thanksgiving, bro. I went for two plates, two full plates. And now I'm just kind of contemplating my life. Am I proud of it? No. Just kind of like this podcast. Am I proud of what we just done? No, not even a little bit, but did it have to be done? Absolutely. So. We had to do it for our fans. That's at least the justification that we're making. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm totally doing this for us. Like if anybody listens, then thank you. Um, but it, it is funny, though, like, I do, it's funny I do miss fucking talking to you bro like it's stupid but like uh, on days where it's like all this basketball happened like I'm like man like this I feel like an asshole because like Julie would hate me for saying this and she's going she's in the next room but it's like I, I feel like talking to Andy about some basketball like I don't know why I just need to talk my about heart. this shit my it's heart too much, you know yeah 100% man so I'm glad we got to go on here and just and fuck around before uh, before we enjoy a little more family time Right, yeah. The, right before I get to um, have one more night with my sister um, before she heads back to Gainesville. Uh, yes, from Kentucky, folks. Oh God, damn it! <laughs> All right. I didn't say night of passion. <laughs> you're, you're the one that's you know got me on here drunk. I told you I was drunk. Uh, yeah, that's, true. <laughs> that's my fault. But, but let's let's throw out the it's it's oh my fucking god, dude! This flaring is real. Let's yell roll blob here very, very soon, Andy. I think we're, like, on a 20-second warning here, two-minute warning. Let's get the fuck out of here. What do you say before it just gets really bad? Roll blob!